Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Before we get into this week's edition of the Bloom Files, I wanted to squeeze in a couple of quick seconds and talk about our sponsor for this week, Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Now, if you excuse me, I've got some case opening to do. The truth is out there. And here, who knows? But either way, we are unpacking it all on the Bloom Files here on Post Show Recaps, an X-Files first watch slash rewatch podcast. Hello, everybody. Mike Bloom here to bid adieu to season two and many characters as we welcome in season three as well. We are going to be covering the season two finale, Anasasi, the season three premiere, The Blessing Way, and... As a little bit of a bonus clipped on there, Season 3, Episode 2, Paperclip in an absolute dynamite three-episode arc to start things off. And I, of course, not alone. I'm joined by my co-host. I am her husband, as is the mandated yes. uh, greeting from last week. Uh, someone who would call me a white buffalo any day of the week. <laughs> no. Okay, sure. Is that, can that be my new no, pet no. name? No, no, I can't. Sorry. Okay, well, hopefully... Sorry, that was bad improv. Yes, and... Yes, and <laughs> you are a calf as well. Oh, good. Calves together. This is getting weird. This is getting Just strange. like the X-Files. I mean, the X-Files got really It got weird. bonkers. It got... Angela, this was bananas. Bananas. This you was were bananas. You were losing your GD mind. I was like vociferously, <laughs> vocally so many freaking so, out. So, so many, many V's. Yeah, he especially during paperclip, you just like went <laughs> and my bonkers. Mind was blown. And at the end too, and they were like, and, and there's like the spaceship, and like you were just like, what's happening? What's happening? Well, because again, this is a show that goes on for a total of eleven seasons, but yes. nine seasons in its first yes. run. I would not think they'd be pulling out all this stuff in their the end of their second season and beginning of yeah, the third well, one. Well, and I don't know how much we'll get into this, and I don't know how much is like that we either of us know but like i don't know if they were ever assured that they were going to reach 11 seasons i guess that's true right it's like right you know right like there's no tomorrow yes exactly so i mean why do you write like you're running out of time chris carter oh gosh yeah who knows hamilton Um, (laughs) thank you for for putting the reference in there in parentheses 
Yeah, so I think we should just dive right in. Yeah, so because we've got three episodes to cover. And again, uh, apologies. I, we did not include Paperclip at the end. I think that uh, the parties that be... A couple of people that we spoke to as well might have forgotten that like paperclip gets thrown in there as a, as a third. Part. Yeah, because typically it's a finale and then a, a premiere. And right, it's not really like a there's not, finale one two. <laughs> there's not usually a to be continued at the end of the season premiere, but I guess they just felt like there was too much to cover. I mean, there was a and lot and I think to they cover. also had. Um, What's his face signed on the Navajo man yes. for three episodes? Yeah, the, so. Al, the character of Albert. Maybe he had like a three episode deal. So they're like, oh, all right, well, yeah, exactly. Let's really use him. And so let's start with his home turf here, supposedly. So we're going to start here with Anasazi, the season two finale. And apologies if I butcher that name because we're going to be dealing a lot with the Navajo in these pu- couple of episodes. Yes. I was a little surprised that this was a runner. Throughout the three episodes, like you said, maybe there's some behind-the-scenes stuff, but especially when we got into Paperclip, I'm like, oh, I'm well, surprised Albert's still doing like the opening narration here. I think that comes from you not being super in-the-know about alien stuff, because New Mexico is like very much so a known hotspot for like whatever alien activity if you're a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. or whatever. And there's Roswell, New Mexico, the um, the show... And so there's like a lot of, which was like a teen I was CW. Say, you, I remember bop. you showed me, I think, the first episode of Roswell. And you were not interested. The, the, the first version of Roswell, right? Not Roswell, New Mexico, which is like the yeah, sequel that's the new one. Series. So that's the that's the reboot of it. Um, but the first one that came out in the '90s, which Catherine Heigl is one of her first shows. Um, Ooh, yeah. So very, very great, excellent um, Riverdale esque stuff going on there. Um, but anyway, it's if you've watched any of these things. You know that like Roswell, New Mexico is a place where aliens supposedly came from, Area mm-hmm. 51, all that stuff. So that's also very close to Navajo, Native American territories. Right. And so they often come into the mythology behind where aliens came from, like who experienced right. well, there's them. There's also the whole thing with like the crop circles. The crop as well. circles. Like there's and then there's a lot about like it within their mythology, also like um heavenly things mm-hmm. that are tied to aliens and such so the fact that it was here was like very much so to me like eh, whatever yeah it's typical yeah so then i mean to that point i guess i'm intrigued that they hadn't gotten to it sooner i mean i feel like they've, they've relatively avoided well, at least from my perspective for, the southwest yes, that's what i was gonna say you we haven't watched as many things that right. maybe might have given some indication yeah, they've been I've, they've gone to wisconsin they've gone to right. oregon they've gone to cuba uh, or to Puerto Rico, like they've they've gone literally everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I should also mention as well uh, that Anasazi. This is from, of course, the great Brendan Fitzpatrick says mm-hmm. that apparently it's a Navajo word that means ancient enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I looked it up too, but I I can't say that I'm a Navajo expert. Uh, which does make sense because you know they talk later on right about how uh, there was this the the Anasazi were a, like a tribe of of people yes. right that might have gotten involved with the aliens hundreds yes. and hundreds of years ago. Um, but we should also mention, like you said, this is based in New Mexico, and this is where the opening scene is <laughs> right. take us. But I was stunned to find this out that this was filmed in Vancouver. Everything's filmed in Vancouver. But it wouldn't take like a second to be like, all right, we'll, we'll go to let's go to New Mexico for a second. Apparently, they Tax they took a disused quarry in Vancouver and used sixteen hundred gallons of red paint. To paint yeah, it that's to make it look like today. the that's desert. That's wild. Like, why not just ship everybody out to the desert? Yeah, like, when, when do the costs outweigh the yeah. benefits? Also, like, 
don't paint a quarry. <laughs> yeah, and apparently uh, I, I saw some stuff where like you can look in the widescreen format yeah. now to see maybe on the sides when it would it wouldn't have existed. Well, and I wonder also because they did a lot of um, filming where there was damage done and things were dug up and things were buried and there's I know that there's a lot of like legal things around Native American land use. Mm, that's a good so point. So it's possible that they just couldn't find a place to film where they could destroy the property (laughs) well let's start things off here as we do not start it you know it's one of those cold open sans Mulder and scully we get introduced to to a a group of navajo of navajo family including eric who's just uh you know (laughs) you love eric eric is just like eric leave the snakes alone he's a little dupe i i i don't know if that means like is he you know a little sociopath playing with the snakes did he get bit by a snake i don't know i don't think either of us can speak to this because we grew up in the northeast and we just don't have snakes like out here yeah exactly (laughs) no i've i've had nary an interaction with a snake. I mean, I've had interactions, but they're like gardener snakes. They're not. Yeah, now you're not looking for like, okay, red near black or yeah. red near yellow. You yeah, no idea. Recite that mnemonic device. But basically, Eric's uh, riding his bike around the mountains. He is like moped. He does watch out for snakes in true uh, Mystery Science Year 3000 variety. And he finds uh, a shriveled up body like in a gulch from the top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, but the over, I guess the over talking narrative of Albert, we find out later that's him talking, is like, um, you know, that something's going to happen, that it's like something was going to be found. Yeah, the, the Earth has a secret it needs to tell. Yes. And so he'll be narrating the rest of the three episodes as well in a very, like, um, I guess you could say, like, storytelling way. Right, exactly. It's almost like... Folklore. Well, well like yeah, because, folk tale. because I think that, um, you know, the, uh, the, the sort of narrative device that he brings in, right, is that when it comes to the Navajo, that uh, they they sort of are less about history and more about passing things down through story mm-hmm. because history is often written by the winners. And so I think this does make sense of like the oral history. Of- exactly. He's doing the oral history. He's doing his own podcast version, Love serial it. style of the, the series of these episodes. And at the end of the three arcs, we're going to find out he could do that as well with some really confidential information. Exactly. So we start off here. Speaking of uncovered secrets, we have, like, I mean, I just said this is sort of like a doobie-looking Sawyer from Lost. Yeah. This guy sitting here running through a bunch of computer His glasses numbers. are just like classic 90s hacker glasses. Yeah. Like, very, hack like... Hack the planet! Yeah, hack the planet. Like, he's clearly a nerd. But he has uh, those wireframes that we love. Yeah, so he... This is going to be revealed to be the thinker who the lone gunman had mentioned before as sort of like one of the big Hackers. people behind the dark web. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has hacked the Department of Defense for fun. Didn't think yeah, he was like, able to, to get through the, the firewall. The poor guy was like, yeah, like a Saturday afternoon, like, let me just see if I can do it. And then he does it and then he finds some shit and then the, he dies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but it seems like. What he has accidentally found are things called the MJ documents. Yes. I'm assuming Michael Jordan documents. It was the yes, leaked script course, for course. Space Jam. And Space Jam 2 is coming out. Yeah, and it's, it sent everyone in a tizzy. Apparently, this movie was being funded by the Italians, the okay, Japanese, enough, the enough, Germans. Enough. <laughs> yeah, say, not the movie, but the, the initiative. Yes, exactly. But we know that specifically that these three involved here are Italians, Japanese, and Germans, yes. which I think is interesting considering that we're going to get into the World War II of it all uh-huh. in paperclip, but it almost gets introduced here with it does you know, get introduced representatives here. Yeah. of those Axis powers. Yeah, and we'll get into it as well because his Mulder's dad is involved in this, and yeah. that's sort of why he ends up being killed because of the information he could release to Mulder and whatever. But um, 
Yeah, MJ documents. Real real shit. The MJ documents. Uh, they're in black and white. So let's talk about Tank Top Mulder for a second. Oh, love Tank Top Mulder. So love tank Top it. Mulder. Yeah, because Mulder Like Aichiwawa. I mean, he's a little worse for wear in this episode. Yes, he, he is. is. He's like he is hot in that. He seems to be running a fever. Uh, he just... It, it seems like mentally and physically he is unstable in the first part of mm, this for trilogy. For sure. For sure. Uh, and basically, like, his apartment gets broken into while he's just taking some Advil because I guess there's... You know, there, there's a lot of stuff going on, like the lone, lone gunmen are going to visit him and basically say, mm-hmm. hey, uh, you know, we're being followed by a by a black ops unit. And yes. then meanwhile, in his apartment building, a woman has shot her husband randomly. Yeah. So we find out later and, and we can get into it, but that somebody has been putting um, into the water. Uh, basically, Dallas. It's always the water. <laughs> it is always the water with the show. <laughs> exactly. Like I, the X Files has taught me never to drink yes, water. Exactly. Because it could cause you to do crazy things or become, you know, make sure uh, it's got that filter. Make your body age. Yeah. All, this is the best like Brita advertisement I've ever seen. I don't know if Brita can filter out LSD. I'm, listen. <laughs> Hard to say. <laughs> has anyone tried it? Please let no, me know. No, please don't. Please don't do that. <laughs> so basically the lone gunman send Mulder on their behalf to meet with the thinker. Basically, he says, listen, I know you want this info. I was he able- asked for him, the yeah. thinker. The thinker was like, I want to talk to Mulder because I, I know that it. you want this info. Not even that, but like that he wants him to have it because mm-hmm. he's like the thinker is not in it for anything other than undercovering the truth. Right, exactly. Or just like, you know, to sow a little chaos as well. Power to the people. Exactly. And and so Mulder gets this object that is going to be such a MacGuffin throughout the three episodes. (laughs) Yeah, it sure is. (laughs) The the mid-90s version of like, it's a digital cassette slash floppy disk. It kind of looks like a Betamax. Yeah, so it goes into, it's like a cassette. So I guess, I mean, I do recall this time when there was like a very short time frame when it was Mm -hmm. like not the floppy disk, but it was like a thicker version of it that went into the computer Mm -hmm. because it had like more space on it or whatever. So very unfloppy. Very unfloppy, but definitely a cassette that had the uh, files on it. Yes. And so Mulder essentially says he's he's found the Holy Grail. Yeah. Right? And Mm -hmm. he, he didn't even have to drink from any chalices. He basically has hard evidence that the government has not only knows about it, but has obscured information about extraterrestrials. For over 50 years, uh, it's going to be proven to be much more than just information on them. Yeah. But Mulder's going to find that out very soon. Yeah, he has a little bit of a freak out in his office a little bit of a freak out <laughs> yeah so basically they put the desk into the computer and it pops up as like looks like gibberish yeah and he, he has like i mean he has a fit a hissy fit yeah. he throws a temper tantrum being he like throws, this is all gobbledygook it's a bad joke he literally throws himself against the wall and i was like oh it's asher our son yeah exactly. <laughs> our one like and a half year old child being you know and listen he's clearly in, in not a good mental state but no yeah and we don't know that yet but yeah it does seem like very out of place but well he's gonna bring that attitude yeah. outside because well here- first we at first scully says he's she's like i don't think this is gibberish she said i think this is like, uh, I think this is Navajo. I right. recognize it. Because, because in World War II, yes. they used Navajo to often send encoded messages because it was nearly impossible to translate on the enemy's side. Yes. And she recognizes it because of her dad uh, being in the military. Right. So despite this revelation, Mulder's still going to be a little PO'd as he walks out into the hallway and runs yeah. afoul of Skinner, who Skinner basically says like, hey, uh, I heard about these MJ files. What's going on? And Mulder just sort of brushes past him. And when Skinner 
tries to grab him. Mulder punches him in the face. Yeah, just like wild behavior. I mean, this is... I know that we say this time and time again, this is 100% a fireable offense. You punched your boss Maybe in the it face. isn't in the FBI. Maybe you get away with a little bit more because it's this like is such a... This fight club! You don't know that. Are you in fight club? I, well, I'm not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say, so... <laughs> but, I mean, Skinner also responds in his true badass method, right? Like, that's the other thing, is that this is a bad... A bad person to be punching. ...on Mulder's part. Like, this is a guy who killed some people in Vietnam. He easily puts Mulder in a headlock. Comes across as very corporate, but is like... Like not at all. So stop me if you heard this one before, Angela. There's going to be a disciplinary hearing about what happened to Mulder. <laughs> won't be the first, won't be the last. Yeah, this re- really is like the troubled kid in school. I cannot yeah. believe it. Well, and we find out later that like, actually, he's being protected way above Skinner. Like he yeah. is being protected from the cigarette smoking man who's be- who's like part of a conspiracy theory group. And like, so like he just can't be fired. Yeah. At this point. So... We end up going, I guess Mulder in response to that, just sort of like, you know, Scully's going to get placed on mandated leave later on. Because she won't talk about it. Mulder sort of places himself on leave because he's going to go up to Martha's Vineyard, which for those that don't remember, uh, that's where his parents live. Right. And uh, I mean, well, he goes there because he was told some who told him. Did somebody tell him that his dad is involved? No, no, the cigarette smoking man is going to act. Sorry, I should clarify. Mulder doesn't go up there yet. We go to Martha's Vineyard. Yes, okay, that's right. Because the cigarette smoking man's going to visit Bill Mulder. And this is where, you know, obviously leading into this after watching the colony stuff, I just thought, okay, Bill Mulder, professional jackass. I know, you had no idea that he was so entrenched. This is so like shades of, for me, Angela Petrelli from Heroes. You know, like, oh my God, everyone's parents are, or like, you know, uh, Howard Stark and Hank Pym from the MCU. Like, everyone's parents are involved. Yeah, that's correct. Except for Scully. They're they're just there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll talk um, about the wrong place, wrong time. But yeah, it turns out that Bill is involved in so many ways. He's an yes. associate of the cigarette smoking man. He's part of it, if not in the lead group of them. <laughs> His name were in the files. We'll see the photo later on. Yeah. So basically, he, uh, the cigarette smoking man goes to tell Bill Mulder that he... Uh, Mulder has gotten... Fox Mulder has gotten these files. And yep. that he's going to find out about what is in them, but he wants Bill Mulder to deny everything, basically. To, yeah. to just, like, try to keep it under wraps. But Bill's like, no, this is wrong. Let me call my son. Let me get my son up here. Yeah. I'll tell him everything, basically. And so he's gonna, he is gonna go end up going up there, not before a little bit of a heated conversation between him and Scully, where basically Mulder right. sh- shrugs off the disciplinary hearing, and Scully's like, I have had to lie to you under oath, basically, for the umpteenth time, and I'm getting a little tired of it. They're, they are yelling back and forth at each yeah. other. Things are more tense than ever between the two of them. And that's when he gets a call from his daddy being like, come see me. But before leaving, Mulder does put an X on the window, which I find he interesting does. given the way that we ended Soft Light, where he, I don't find it he that breaks up with X. I mean, yes, but he also is going bonkers here. So. Yeah, it also could be him maybe trying to set a trap, which unfortunately Scully will sort of be a part of later on. Well, literally, he has no idea what's happening. Like, this guy yeah. is going insane. That's true. He did tell, he tell Scully, like, I have no idea why I attack Skinner. If yeah, I exactly. So, um... Anyway. And Scully nearly gets shot here. Yeah, so I guess, like, they put the X up, and uh, X is not having any of their bullshit, so somebody tries to basically assassinate Mulder. Yeah. Through the window. Yeah, and Scully takes a bullet. Luckily, it'll it'll just graze, and bullets that are unfortunately more meant for Scully will be more lethal later on. 
hot stuff going on here with Bill and Fox Mulder. Bill is hugging him this time. I mean, I guess from this perspective, unfortunately, we're going to find out that this is going to end up being Bill's final scene. Do you think he knows that, like, things are closing in on him and this is yes, his way to make good? But I think he also is having a little bit of a, I think since the Samantha stuff, he's having a little bit of a come to Jesus moment where mm-hmm. he's like, I, I need to fix this because I like, this is all my fault. And like, my son is now in the middle of it. And like, I, I think he's having some regrets. So then from that perspective is, was his typical standoffishness? Was it just like arm's length? Yeah. Him at arm's length. Or, like, or it could also be the trauma that obviously he built up, like well, knowing all this. And stuff. we find out later in the episode that his dad chose him over his sister as right. the one to be abducted and tested because he had to like i mean i think this is clear from yeah the he, he had episode. to make a sophie's choice because he got in trouble for basically leaking information about the project so, and so they're like as yeah, a punishment we're gonna abduct one of your children yeah as part of our tests as part of our experiments yeah so pick one <laughs> yeah exactly but originally he picks Fox and then changes his mind. So yeah, which, I think which, that which, all which of probably that, even worse, right? Like if yes. you stick with one kid, okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that all of that combined probably made it a little difficult for him to be a, a dad to this kid, right? And to the point where his final words are going to be "Forgive me." But mm-hmm. the big point is not even that Bill Mulder is dead, which is shocking for me. Even more shocking is who killed him. Freaking cry checks back. Floppy hair Crycheck. Yeah, for Crycheck sparting some like uh, non work Mulder hair, like yeah, in the middle part, like, very 90s. Sears catalog hair. But he, um, yeah, Crycheck is back again. Sigh. So at this point, because Crycheck eventually is going to, to really go off on his own by the end of the trilogy, is he still working for the cigarette smoking? To man an extent. Here? So I think he's trying to get back into his good graces by like taking on this assignment. Like, Basically, he's been assigned to kill Mulder mm-hmm. and then also been be assigned to kill Scully. And ultimately, like, um, you know, he doesn't succeed in either of those ways. So, I mean, I get or not kill Mulder, but kill Mulder's dad. So I think that, yeah, he's he's on the payroll as of right now. Right. Because he's a quote unquote, like, excellent assassin. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's clearly not. So, yeah. So. Mulder now, well, I mean, I would say that Mulder flees to Scully, but really I think it's more so that Scully goes up to Martha's Vineyard and finds Mulder cradling his dead father covered in blood. Yeah, so I think he, does he call her? I don't know, but I I can't remember. But I think he calls her because yeah. he's on the phone and his hand is bloody. Remember? Right, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, and and you know they they sort of make they make him realize. Yeah, just due to the way that you've been acting, mm-hmm. people are going to just assume that you killed your dad. So I think you need to lay low here. She takes him in. I mean, he looks like a corpse. He is so pale. He's covered in blood. He looks like he's in another universe. Yeah, so she takes him home to her house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so they're in her house at this point. There's a lot of location changes in this. There's a lot episodes. of like changing houses that it became yeah. a bit confusing. I, I know, especially I, for you, for somebody who's not like doesn't have. Yeah, the, I didn't realize I had to memorize the interior decorating yes. of Mulder and Scully's You places. have to know where they live because it's very different. Yeah, it's like the Seinfeld apartment. I need yeah, to like make sure exactly, I know where exactly every which that. piece of furniture is. Uh, but Mulder stays the night. He wakes up in a different state. First off, uh, wakes up without a shirt on, showing off David Duchovny's nice six-pack. Well, because she... Sh- does she shoot him at this point? No, 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 well, that's, no later, she's, that's later. She's going to, I'm assuming, wash his bloody shirt. Yeah, so, okay, so she's washing his bloody shirt. But <laughs> she took a little something-something as well. 
She took his gun. Because she wants to basically confirm that he's not the one that shot his dad. Right. She's testing the ballistics, uh, which I don't know. I, I didn't realize that, I guess, the ballistics actually, maybe this is just me being stupid. Is like, yeah, you go into a lab and you shoot the gun. Yeah. And then someone compares it against the, the bullet that they found in, 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 uh, in Bill Mulder. That is you being silly. All right. I'm being very, very silly. Right now. <laughs> um, no, that's how it's done. Um, but I will say that, like, Mulder wakes up and is like, absolutely the f not going yeah he is furious like what's like did you how like to do this? how very dare you as they say on bluey yeah exactly don't ask me for my trust i think this might be the only comparison i've ever heard between bluey and the x-files <laughs> yeah i think at that and that it's done <laughs> yeah very unique well, at least we're trailblazers in that perspective even after their little tussle scully as you mentioned before spies a mysterious white van outside Mulder's apartment building loading some canisters, and they almost look like uh, helium tanks. They do. At first I thought it was gas, and then I remembered that she finds a dialysis thing, which Mm -hmm. is connected to the water. So maybe it was gas that they were... I don't know, but whatever. They were putting stuff in the water. Yeah, exactly. They were were putting stuff in people's amenities uh, so that it was affecting the people in the building. Meanwhile, Mulder, who is sort of hopped up on this goofy gas, or weird water, or whatever you want to call it, Goofy gas. He finds Crycheck and they are fighting it out. Uh, and basically, you know, Crycheck like tries to like squish his face at, at one point. Uh, they are they're really going at it. And Mulder holds Crycheck at gunpoint, but Scully shoots Mulder. Yeah, through the shoulder blade because she knows that if Mulder kills Crycheck, there's no way for them to prove that he isn't the one that killed his dad because he right. has Crychek's gun. Exactly. Basically. So like he he killed he got Crychek's gun, gun <laughs> and was going to shoot Crychek. If he did that, then we'd say, Oh yeah, this is Mulder's gun and is used in both cases, therefore Mulder killed his dad. Yeah, exactly. So she sort of saves him here by also wounding him. Yeah, she's sh- she's shot to maim. Yeah. Uh and so she decides to, you know, take him all the way to New Mexico, where now he's basically going to become like... <laughs> well, so she takes him to New Mexico, but she keeps him, like, drugged up so that yeah. he's passed out the do, whole do time. She keeps just, she's like, uh, put a tap of the water, like, in a water bottle well, and just kept feeding him the entire no, time. No, not the same drug. I'm sure she was giving him just, like, a like a tranquilizer or something mm-hmm. just to keep him knocked out so he would, like, not resist <laughs> being kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so they went all the way out to New Mexico because Scully... Uh, this was in a previous yeah, scene. Yeah, we missed sort of that con- scene. Consulted with uh, her sort of Navajo contact at a university, I believe, and she yeah, basically said, "Like, professor. yeah, I know somebody that might be able to do this." And so they went all the way out to New Mexico so Albert could be there to translate the files because Albert, obviously, not only is deeply entrenched in the Navajo community, but he was a code talker in World War II. Code sounded like you said coat. <laughs> He's a code talker. He says, "Like, all right, coat." I need you to stay on this. Stop. Um, love Albert. Big fan. Albert's Albert's great. I he's think. great. Albert's, you know, a solid dude. And we did a little research on him and he's appeared in basically anything that has sort of an older, more senior Native American man. It was probably this guy. Yeah, exactly. Especially in the 90s. Yeah. So Scully just sort of like drops Mulder off and takes off, right? Because she basically says, uh, I went to bat for you, but I've basically screwed myself with Skinner, so I have to make sure that now that you're safe, I can get back and save my own ass. Yeah, I guess, to an extent, but I'm not really sure that she if that's possible at this point. <laughs> yeah, but she also does point out that like her own interest in the MJ files is yes. palpable too, considering that oh, what they found Albert her was name. Yeah, considering what Albert was able to translate so far, she found her name in the files. Apparently it has something to do with Dwayne Barry. So these are 
pretty recently updated files. Yeah, for sure. And so they're they're um, they're a little concerned. She's concerned about that for sure. Yeah. So this is when uh, Albert goes into the the titular monologue that we were talking about, the Anasazi, the ancient aliens, yes. which I do believe is a show on the History Channel. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, but that big guy with the big hair. I don't know who that is, but yes, it is yeah. a show. It, if, if you're a meme person, you would you would understand. Oh, okay. <laughs> I also the the uh, I could have done Chris Carter. Maybe this is all interesting and tied to some some fun mysticism. I could have done without the random eagle. Oh, screech. you died when this happened because it reminds me. Listen, the survivor, uh, you yeah, know, devotee in me is reminded of like the coach edit, right? Yeah, so it almost it almost feels automatically. I didn't even hear it until you pointed it out, and then I was like, oh yeah, I guess there was just a random eagle screech. <laughs> they're, they're creating ambiance. What do you want? They're in a quarry. Yeah, though I do believe <laughs> at least this is what Spencer was saying that I guess. Uh, Chris Carter sort of got a little bit of pushback in response to this episode with the way he had depicted the Navajo community that in, sure. be- that in between this and the blessing way he actually then attended some Navajo ceremonies to sort of like actually understand what he was uh, writing which about. I'm not sure why that didn't happen prior to him writing a very very in-depth episode about Navajo right you know like he probably should have done just a little research there but I mean I'm not an expert by any means I mean mm-hmm. so I, yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the white buffalo. You are you are such the white buffalo. But we get an actual call between the cigarette smoking man and Fox Mulder proper. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, listen, I just want to meet to hash things out. Yeah, he's trying to like cut. He's, and we find out later that he's kind of in hot water. Yeah. The cigarette smoking man for anybody getting this file because it was supposed to all have been destroyed. Exactly. So, so now he's sort of been caught. Yeah, this is going to be we'll really get into this with the blessing way. Uh, I have so many thoughts about the syndicate is what they're called. The right? syndicate. I've been calling them the old dirty bastards because it's just a bunch of like it's old, old bla- faceless yes. white guys. Yeah, it's like that episode of Bob's Burgers with all the the um, the old men making gingerbread houses in the basement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like all weird, rich powerful, old men. rich, like eclectic men, but are all like pretty nondescript. Yes, relatively speaking. Uh, but basically, you know, the cigarette smoking man is, I think, trying to bait. Mulder. Basically, he's he's, he's, he's trying, trying to, to hunt him down. He's trying to fix the mess, the mess he yeah, made. Yeah, close basically. up the loose ends. Yeah, but Eric at this point is able to guide Mulder to what he found in the cold open, which is a box car. The box car kids. We finally found them. Yeah, and I I knew this was a box car the whole time. But did you think it wasn't a ship? I I did not. I mean, I didn't think it was a ship. I didn't oh, think it was. Okay. I I didn't. I would not have expected a mode of transportation is buried in the sand that deep. Yeah, no, I thought I I, I, I would assume it was just bodies. Oh, OK, because I think it was supposed to be kind of like in the beginning, like, oh, is there an alien spaceship under the under oh, the quarry? No, I, I thought it was just the because Eric comes back and there's like the dried up. skeleton. Yeah, that's, that's all I saw. I didn't see any. You sort didn't of like, see him like wiping the floor. Oh, I guess I, maybe you missed that. Then. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, listen, I'm also so much of a lost devotee that I would say, oh, is that a hatch? Definitely was. Where's a hatch. the Where's the C four? Are we gonna have to blow it up? It was a hatch, though. It was a yeah. hatch to a box car. Hatch to a box car. Hell of a Dharma station, and we'll get into the sad circumstances behind that yes. in a little bit. Uh, we find out also, you know, putting a. I wouldn't say putting two and two together because that really happens to land. This is like putting like the plus in yeah. of the equation. You know that there was some talk about merchandise in the mm-hmm. file, and this was referring to these alien skeletons. Yeah, so we think they're alien skeletons, but... But they have smallpox scars. So they're not aliens. They're experimented on humans. Uh, Yeah, check off the bingo card. Genetic genetic, uh, modifications Yeah, so because of that scar, we realize they're not aliens. They were human, but they've been genetically 
messed with so much yeah. that they are like alien looking. So an interesting sequence of events here happens where Eric suddenly closes the, the hatch <laughs> to the box car. We actually had a fight about this. I was so confused because you well, first of all, I thought that like, oh wait, did Eric betray him? Now? Yeah, like, oh, you like you looked so far into this that you made it so much more confusing than well, it was. Well, listen, forgive me if the show told me to literally yes. trust no one and deny yes. everything. Okay, yes, I'll give you that. So yeah, Eric shuts the thing, but I think he's doing it to protect Mulder. Right, because he feels that because he sees the chopper coming yes. in. Uh, and basically, so the cigarette smoking man sends some guys in there. They say Mulder is not in the boxcar. And so they say, you know what? No matter what, let's destroy the evidence. Correct. They, yes. Blow up <laughs> you finally boxcar. got it. <laughs> exactly. I was very confused. He thought, yeah, I think you were like, oh, was he in there? Was he not in there? And I was like, to us as the viewer, we know he's <laughs> in there. But the cigarette smoking man and his men didn't see him because he's hiding under the bodies. So they think that they're just blowing up the boxcar to get rid of the evidence. Right. But then that pre- presents the, the big cliffhanger for us, right? Which is like, oh, is he fo- dead? Well, how will Fox Mulder get out of this one? Yeah. We had, a, we had a question from Spencer who basically said, at the time this episode was divisive in the X-Files fandom, mm-hmm. perhaps a quote-unquote beginning of the end for some viewers. Yeah. Because for some, when the finale was aired in real time, there was some criticism and accusations that the show was still opening mystery boxes and giving answers in the form of asking more questions, thus demonstrating a lack of focus and cohesion on the master storyline of the show. For other viewers, they believe this episode was very, very savvy to open multiple doors and plant numerous seeds for the master storyline over multiple future seasons. Yeah. I would be interested in hearing Angela's take on where she stands on the divide, both as a veteran viewer and as a fresh viewer who just, you know, uh, watched this episode again. So, yeah. He didn't ask for your opinion. I know. That's, no, that's, okay. <laughs> it's, you're the one that it's directed to. But yeah, so, so what do you, what do you think? Like, was, um, this, was this frustrating to you the first time you saw this? No, I love it. But that's because I wanted more. Like, I'm just like constantly like, yes, more, ep- like more stuff, more stuff. And like, I think it, I, for me, it answered a lot of questions. And then also created new questions, which I was fine with. Like, yeah. I don't think that I think when I'm watching a TV show, if there's just constant questions and no answers, that that gets frustrating. But I don't think there was no answers in this. I think there was answers, but they were not what we were expecting. Exactly. It was unexpected answers that led to more questions. So you can't say that there weren't answers. It's just answers that yeah, you the did big, not think were answers. And the, and the big question of like, what's the whole conspiracy? What's the alien stuff? Like, how is Mulder's dad involved? How is like all of that stuff is still out there because like you see that alien at the end of the episode, you go, oh, okay, well, guess it's over. They solved it. They found aliens. And it's like, no, it's not an alien. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's the kind of stuff that was frustrating to people was that they felt like, oh, they've answered the big question. Yeah. But in reality, that isn't what was happening here. It was just adding more to the mythos of it all. So I I was fine with it. Like, I didn't feel as frustrated. Uh, spook of the week. I guess we can go episode by episode here. Was was there one? I'm going to go. Crycheck. Oh, you went with Crycheck? I'm going to go with Sawyer. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was good. He, but was, little, he, was, he was a little spooky. I was very into, like, I hate Crycheck, but, like, I feel like that's what made him so spooky of in this episode is him just, like, lurking around the corners yeah, and with him his just, floppy like, hair. showing up. And I, I, I guess, you know, you were someone else can uh fact check if if during that whole Dwayne Barry storyline if that was the last time we ever saw him on the show no because we saw him previously when in the last thing we talked about we we saw him in in dot-com and softlight no the one before that we saw him in colony no that was the alien bounty hunter i'm pretty sure i'll have to look i i feel like he appeared after that as well oh, okay 
So, so it's, it's not like it's been since the very beginning of season two that we've no, seen him on the show. we've seen him. All right, so let's move into the beginning of season three. People waited an entire summer, to Spencer's point, some in hatred, some in love, to see what was going to happen. We get another Albert Vio here talking about something lives as long as the last person who remembers it. I love that, though. Yeah, I, I like this as well, because I think this this, this more sets so, it up well. And I think this more so than the other two is really thematically connected to this yeah. idea of especially with this conspiracy and being and passing like, it what down. is the truth? Yeah, exactly. And also the fact that, you know, passing down information as well, mm-hmm. trying to keep things classified or, or sort of like. Uh, you know, nullifying history or nullifying memory yeah, over history. Yeah, trying to delete people from history. It's like very poignant to, you know, even stuff that goes on today with, you know, different races and different being basically removed from the, the story. Yeah. And so, I mean, we saw at the end of the last episode that the army took Eric and they kicked the crap out of him oh, and they yeah, just lay the smack down on his family trying to figure out where Mulder is. What I thought was kind of funny as we segue away from this is uh, Scully is assumingly, I guess, driving back to D.C. to talk with Skinner. Yeah. And like a helicopter pulls her over. Yeah, you just find this weird. But I was like, I guess it's like they have their own helicopter. Why not use it? And if I was being chased on the highway by somebody with a helicopter, I would pull over. I mean, that's yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, I think if a helicopter tells you, you to do anything, I think you well, follow I directions. Think it's like even the light alone, she probably couldn't even drive. So. That's true. They could force her off the road, basically. But yeah. Scully is now getting disciplined, and she gets her harshest punishment yet, Angela. She is given a, basically a leave of absence without pay. Yeah, which I think is just rude. It is rude. All she's doing is stick. I mean, maybe it's just like, well, we can't t- take things out on Mulder, so you have to take yes. the punishment for him. But without him. pay, yeah, seems rude. Yeah, she's got to make a living. She has a, a 401k. She needs to contribute to that. She's got to make a living. She's she probably a, gets a pension. She's got a family change. for, a, you know, uh, a, at least a full family for a she portion a, of time. She probably needs, she probably has a pension, not a 401k. Yeah. What do I know? Uh, well, that's okay. That's the HR person in you is trying to figure <laughs> so out, like, true. how is Hol- Scully set up? How is she set up for her retirement? Even if she ever does. Yeah, I was going to say, if she doesn't die. There's no such thing as retirement in the FBI. You're always involved. Mm-hmm. But Scully has almost like a Mulder-esque freak out in response to this right she says uh, yeah. you're putting a stamp on the perpetuation of a lie and uh, yeah. and then she basically like uh kind of talks down skinner saying oh yeah you overestimate your position in the chain of command well, because he's he steps in and i think like the position skinner's in right now it makes me think of like somebody trying to like get in with the cool kids like he's always just like oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah turned- like i can help you guys i'm he's, gonna help you he's katie heron and mean girls yeah he was, for sure he was sitting with the with you know with janice and damien and then now he's hanging with the with the plastics and he's like i I don't like you anymore. Yeah, exactly. And so he wants to get back with Janice and Damien. Yeah. Um, but they're basically like, uh, sh- she's like, I think you think that you're higher up in the chain of like, I think basically what she is saying is that he is under the impression he has any sort of uh, ability or influence. Yeah. And he's in the loop when she knows he is not in the loop and he still thinks he's in the loop with the cigarette smoking men and all of that. But I think she also regrets or forgets that he has helped her in the past and maybe isn't as um, on board with them as yeah. she thinks. Though I think the show is trying to make it look like, and we'll talk about right. that through the end of this episode. Yes, that, that Skinner maybe has. Skinner's like a bad guy. Yeah, because now kind. the cigarette smoking man is not only back in his office, but smoking. Like clearly the no smoking sign is gone. But he's not. He's a good guy. I know. But that's the, we're, they're toying with our emotions right now. Speaking of the cigarette smoking man, this is where we get, I think, the official first convening of the syndicate. So 
Angela, are these were these guys involved with the files as well? Are these just like oh, random, yeah. random? You know, no. This is the this is the people so, all involved. So these in the were conspiracy. all former government agents. Yeah, I mean, we don't know, but we can assume to some extent that mm-hmm. they are. Um, even the tall, skinny guy is in the picture. Yeah, that's so, true. So I mean, they uh, yes, the the files are evidence of their experiments on human beings and mm-hmm. collection of data, and they are all involved in the conspiracy to cover up aliens and DNA splicing with aliens and experiments with aliens. Yeah, so they're th- and takeover of aliens. Th- that's a lot to cover up. They're trying to cover up a lot. You can't. You can't. Uh, <laughs> well, use I mean, enough paint. You think you about. Use- 16,000 gallons of red paint cannot cover up that conspiracy. You think about like any sort of alien conspiracy movie, there's always like a sect of the government that's like, okay, well, if aliens are going to take over, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a group of us that are going to survive and like, or if there's going to be an end of the world, yeah, you know, there's a group of us that are going to survive because we're going to have access to a bunker. You know, they're the people that have access to the bunker known as our, our like, coercion with aliens basically mm-hmm. like you'll keep us and our families okay if we help you take over the world basically <laughs> so scully is really hit rock bottom right yeah. she, like walk to her mom's barefoot <laughs> yeah she's saying that dad would be so ashamed of me you know which is so sad considering that her dad was one of the people that like talked her back to life in one breath and now she well, feels I like think, she's- no she's saying that he'll be ashamed of her because she got like put on probation from the ex or from the fbi right like, but like imagine oh, yeah, yeah. that she feels like her dad was the one to say for my sake you have to go back and like do good and well, now- she's projecting just a bit but we're back in New Mexico as the buzzards are flying. Yeah. I do like that the very clearly obvious stock footage of a buzzard that they just yeah, like put well, in there. Yeah, well, like, the beginning of the next episode, too, is just like a good four minutes of B-roll New yeah, Mexico like, footage. Yeah, like, like the animal planet and yeah, just they spliced did. in footage. I didn't hate it, but I was like, wow, this is like pretty 90s yeah. era. Well, I don't know. I, I think we, maybe it's just like we've seen so many cartoons about people stranded in the desert yeah. that like as soon as I heard the buzzard, I'm like, okay, this means that, that Mulder's mm-hmm. still alive, but Albert has to go through explaining buzzards circle around when something is dying because they want to pick off the easy prey and lo and behold we see Mulder's hands he's been in the desert on a horse with no name for a couple days yeah. at this point basically living underground like a fox like a fox now it all makes sense yeah his parents knew that one day he'd have to live underground for a couple days yeah and this all ties in also his name to like sort of a native american indigenous people's like vibe yeah well he's gonna get really entrenched in that because he's going to participate in the titular ceremony known as the blessing way which is used here to sort of again like bring him back to life i looked up the blessing way and maybe wikipedia i'm I'm misrepresenting (laughs) the article it seems like it's more so used to make a have a young girl make a transition to womanhood. <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, I feel like they're what they're talking about. Maybe they took it from a different like ceremony name because they liked the way it sounded, mm-hmm. which is terrible if that's the case. But I mean, they're just talking about like a, a Navajo ritual to to heal, like a healing yeah. ritual. Well, I want to bring up something from Spencer, who says one of the things about this episode that doesn't play so well in current times is how the Navajos are treated and handled <sighs> within the plot. Yeah. And I'm not talking about how the Smoking Man's commando squad were beating up on some of them. I'm talking about using Hostine as the equivalent of a, quote, magical mm-hmm. Negro to nurse Mulder back to health. Yeah. And then he talked about what we talked about before, about Chris Carter attending some Navajo ceremonies. But 
Yeah, I mean, it does seem like I I know it's in good faith. It does seem a little to me. It doesn't track up, like, well. Here's the white guy writing about Native American ceremonies to heal someone. To heal a white man. And then that white man is immediately accepted into their tribe, basically. Like, I think that, yeah, it, Spencer's spot on. It doesn't, it doesn't age well, but I think it's not, it's not any, not in the way that they're treating it in the episode. Right. But the fact that they're doing it at all is something that I don't think would be done today because exactly. it's just, it's, there's other ways to tell a story about indigenous people without putting them into stereotypes or pivot pinholing them into you know he can only be the healer because he's yeah. the older indigenous man you know exactly. like and I, and I think you know again i understand the intention i think the theming is interesting as well because we we see this with scully's sister who's going to make another mm-hmm. and her last appearance in this episode of this idea of science versus mysticism right. i think it is a, is a fun interplay and so i think it's it's fine to bring that theming i just here. think that he could have been used albert as a character much more tied into the Navajo language exactly. aspect of the story, because I do think that stuff is super interesting that yeah. like, in the world war two, we used, you know, um, this code, code talk, the coach code talkers. Talk, code, yeah. The coach talk, the code talking, which even then was like, I guess probably not great that we did that, but that way at least we're, we're talking about something that isn't grounded in uh, a stereotype. Right. And, I, and, I, and if there are Native American listeners out there... Uh, or yeah, we'd Native be American, happy to... Love to hear about your thoughts about this, because again, we're, we're speaking from this from the perspective of two white people. Yeah, with like a, from an, from our educational background, what we know and what we've learned are, are limited to our span of being uh, white. Yeah, so. exactly. So we're going to go back to uh, to Washington, where everyone seems to be in mourning here, including Frohickey, who yeah. just downed an entire bottle of wine, it seems, on the way to go visit Scully. Uh, that was definitely not wine. But Oh, really? It looked like yeah, a bottle like of wine. Yeah, it was like scotch. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he was drinking because he's sad because the, the lone gunmen have heard that Mulder's dead, right. supposedly. But he has a bit of a, a, a new piece of information in yes. the form of an obituary for Sawyer, uh, yeah. who we can now confirm, like, has been killed in what they consider a quote professional murder. Mm-hmm, a hit. Yeah, it's I, interesting. I don't. I guess I just haven't read many news articles about assassination attempts, but I don't. I don't think I've heard the term professional murder <laughs> used neither. in that capacity. <laughs> Me neither. I'm not sure if it is used as opposed to what, like casual murder. No, as opposed to like. Um not a hit. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> use like professional is interesting, right? Is like, weird. oh, unless you do it as a hobby. Yeah. Well, some people do, I guess. So here is Mulder's sort of version of one breath. Right, yes. where Mulder is comatose, <laughs> yeah, and, but on a CGI background, <laughs> yeah. But instead, exactly, instead of going to a dock and talking with, well, he's going to talk with his dad. He's on a stretcher in the sky, in the in a planetarium, in basically. a planetarium. Like, laying from Neil deGrasse Tyson. And after too. a while, I did realize that that was like what he was actually laying on. Like he was covered in leaves and right, sticks was, and stuff. Yeah, but, but the, he, that bed gets taken to yes. the sky to the stars. Whereas with Scully, she was in a completely different bed, like in a different place. Like yeah. it was like very- maybe that represents the characters, right? That Scully is the more grounded of the two, so she stayed on the ground and Mulder was like out in nebulous space. Perhaps. But it was weird. Yeah. Basically the background is filled with a bunch of like Jabberwockies, like mm-hmm. shadowy figures wearing masks. Yeah, I'm not sure what those people were supposed to represent. Maybe people on the other side. Yeah, like spirits. Yeah, I think so. Cause I guess and this is again tied into what Spencer's talking about, their sort of representation of what 
the indigenous people do in a healing ritual and what you experience and all of that. But I don't quite get it from <laughs> what they portray to me. <laughs> and so there are some familiar faces, though, some unmasked faces. Yeah, some faces that come forward. Such deep, as deep throat. Deep throat. Which I guess, you know, Bill Mulder, we talked about, was not the best father figure. And that's what deep throat was, at least through the first season. So I think his presence yeah. does make sense. I think it's his presence in that, like, he feels like a connection to him in, in sort of failing or, or not failing this mission to find the truth. Yeah. And I think he also does represent a, the truth in that regard as well, yeah. right? Because he was the one that was always tipping off Mulder, but he's also talking in a very well, heightened I, language, right? He's talking about, like, the dull clarity of the dead. Yeah. It's like very Shakespearean. Truth is a vast dead hollow. Awaken the sleep of reason and fight the monsters within and without. This is very Mulder. Like, he's just so, like, in it that this is, of course, the, the spirit quest he would have. Well, right, because I think in this, either this episode or in Paperclip, he's going to have a dream to Scully where he talks in a very similar way. Yes, that's another, that one really gets me. So, like, I always wanted to see, like, Mulder write a play or fan fiction because all the characters would talk He probably, that like, way. writes in, like, really elaborate prose. Um, but, yeah, so I guess he, he talks to Deep Throat and or deep throat talks to him right and he he basically reveals his own portion of the truth and we get to see god just like an incredibly gutting yeah gassing of these alien human hybrids in the boxcar that led to this <laughs> giant pile of bodies yeah so i mean i think we're supposed to based off of if you put all these episodes together understand that what happens is that Victor Klemper is brought over from Nazi Germany mm -hmm. as part of the aforementioned Operation Paperclip as part of Paperclip because he has experience and know-how in genetic and yeah, I guess genetic and human experimentation. Right, because they were, I mean, eugenics was was a commonality in the Nazi regime because yes. they were trying to make the the, the perfect yes. human. And so he's brought over and basically we're supposed to assume that they experimented on whether it be indigenous people mm -hmm. or African-Americans or, you know, some sort of Asian national, like any sort of underprivileged type of group of people were probably the ones being experimented on. Yep. And they then finished those experiments and then killed them all and put them in a boxcar and buried them in the desert. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and so. Cool. 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 It, cool. It, 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 you know, it's, it's brutal to watch, though, especially given the connections back to Nazism. Yeah. And the Jewish Holocaust and all of that. Exactly. So. It's, it is rough. And I think it, it produces, again, the, the, the appropriate emotions. Mm -hmm. And then we get another father figure stepping in from Alder in the form of, I guess, his literal father figure mm -hmm. in Bill. And Bill sort of does the, the uh, Scully's dad approach, right? Of like, you need to stay alive. Yeah, you need you to have to keep the truth alive. Yes, and he's just like, a, just a reminder that your sister's not dead. Yeah, that was weird because uh, I mean I'm not going to tell you too much about what happens, but basically, like I guess he's just saying this: she's not here with me, mm. is what he's saying. Yeah. Exactly. So who so, knows? Well, and, and this is also keeping sort of, it open. Yeah, well, it's also a <laughs> reminder of how the whole colony arc ended. Right, 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 right. But that wasn't his sister. It's not that wasn't to do with her. You know? Right. But I think, but I believe that there was also someone had told him right before they died right. that his sister was still alive. Um, but either way, that's gonna that's gonna be the word that Mulder hears, and we're gonna take a quick break to hear a word as well from our sponsors. It's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's get back to Washington, Angela, for some heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some heavy metal. So, yeah, because the Scully basically, since she's been essentially demoted, you know, she has to go in the, the, the visitor c- entrance. The civilian way. Uh, yeah, exactly. And she sets off the metal detector, but she sort of takes note of that. But mostly she's there to give the obituary to Skinner and say, see, this is evidence that something's going on. And Skinner basically, like, comes right out and says, I'm the assistant director of the GD FBI. I don't have time to babysit you and Mulder. Yeah. And I think also after the way that he was treated by her and also Mulder in the previous episode, he is just in a shitty spot. Like he's just like, you guys don't trust me. I'm working for these basic evil old white men. I don't know what's happening with my life, but I don't have time for this. (laughs) I have some paperwork I need to do. But it is interesting. Does he have other agents that he manages? Aren't there other agents that you need to talk to? It's not just two people in the FBI. Um, But it's also interesting to see Scully really become the molder in this situation, right? Like she's getting in fights with Skinner. She's, you know, becoming a little more uh, emotionally invested as well. Exactly. So to, to, you know, to have her become the molder in his absence, I think, is a very fun term. And it also turns out that, you know, Skinner basically asks Scully, hey, there's rumors about you having this digital tape on you. Do you have it? She yeah. says no. And then it turns out that obviously he was pressured to do that because the cigarette smoking man is right there. Yes. And it's actually I mean, it's good that they were in that position where she didn't trust him because then he wouldn't have, he would have known and he couldn't really hide it then. So, obviously demoralized on the way out, Scully's at least going to have another mystery to hop to, which is she realizes... I also just want to point out here that her interaction with the guardsmen is very cute. Yeah, it's it's very clear <laughs> that, like, she's she's a really good person. Yes. Like, she's... I can imagine so many... <laughs> the way there. they interact is just, like, kind of want them to date. Are you shipping them? A little bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, Mulder and, and Scully guard. forever. Scully XOXO. security. But I, I think that... But yeah, it sort of indicates that she's just like a... She's everybody's friend. Like Exactly. Everybody. Like, I could imagine all these FBI agents... Hell, even Mulder, like, might not give the time to update to the janitor yeah. or the security guards. But, like, she's on a good first-name basis with mm-hmm. them. Um, and she uses them to find out, like, okay, it's weird... The yeah, metal like, detector goes off on she's me. She's basically like, can you just run it over me again? I just want to see what's going on here. And then he's like, are, are you wearing a necklace? And she's like, no. And she, Well, she's wearing some form of jewelry, or should I say an implant? 
Yeah, she has a chip in her neck. She has a little computer chip in her neck, and it's got to be assumed that that's from the abduction, right? Yeah, so she goes to one of her buddies in the FBI in the medical space and has him remove it and look at it. And he's like, this is for sure a chip. Like, yeah. I don't know what the <laughs> At first he thought on. it was buckshot, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to go swing, though, all the way back from science again to mysticism in the return of Melissa. What up, Melissa? Basically saying... Hey, nice to see you, Scully. Uh, can you try hypnotherapy? Yeah, she's very worried about Scully and her aura and her chakras. Yeah, she's losing touch with her own intuition. Yeah, that's what she says. <laughs> Kills me. I, okay, R.I.P. Melissa, but I hate Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> wow, spitting on her grave. I just am not a fan of the... I appreciate all types of religion and mysticism and mm-hmm. beliefs and values, but... I don't personally like when somebody tells me my truth. Don't like, don't come at me and tell me my chakras need to be rebalanced. right. So I would like, say, like, yeah, I think people have if the I'll, right. To, I'll to, seek it out if I think that that's something I need help with. Mm-hmm. And you have the right to like believe that and also practice it. And I, I believe in all of this stuff. I think exactly. everything has value and is worth. But Melissa is very preachy. Especially as a sister. Yeah. I mean, this is going <laughs> to maybe hits home a little for me. It's going to be end up being one of the my final sister, the Reiki master. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scully's going to get her own sort of form. She does satiate Melissa's wishes. She goes off to this hypnotherapy and she does go along with it for a little while. I think right? it's working. Yeah. She, cause she recounts, you know, basically what she felt right before the abduction, being afraid that she was going to die. Feeling and like then she, she does to, remember a few things yeah, like that. There's men there. She had that, to, she remembers she had to trust someone because mm-hmm. she felt powerless. I will say Gillian Anderson's performance in this scene is interesting. Oh, weird. She, yeah, I also pointed this out that I felt like she was doing a lot of like weird, like as if she was like following something behind her eyes. But yeah, it was, like, like they're, they're on like he- odd like, head movements. Yeah, odd head movements. Almost like a Stevie Wonder. No, no, no. Um, sure. But yeah, I did feel like it was a little odd. It, it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Well, she gets taken out of it when... This, yeah, he touches when her! Therapist, you would imagine this dude Rookie would move. better than his job to be like, all right, I'm going to immediately establish physical contact, which will take her immediately out of the moment. Yeah, this was like total rookie move. Like, how long has this guy been doing this? Because I felt like it was like a big mistake to touch your patient during the middle of a hypnotherapy session, but whatever. So Mulder has been revitalized by the Blessing Away ceremony. The final rite of passage is to yeah. not wear clothes or bathe for four days aka be a survivor contestant disgusting yeah so i I think that essentially Mulder's just immersing himself in that form of reality television for a hot second i really like the touch that apparently he they brought him sunflower seeds because he was calling out for them yeah it made it a little bit more personal like less um scripture type situation more like okay we're we're down to earth just like you exactly the white man but then Mulder's gonna go up into the stars as as we mentioned before <laughs> like scully has a dream uh, yeah she's a where, very weird where dream. he's saying hey scully i'm coming back but the danger might still be there so wh- wh- what are we to make of this okay Is- so scully and Mulder have this weird connection uh-huh where the rainbow connection Correct. One of them is Kermit. No, where they always know that the other one is alive. Like, if, remember mm-hmm. when she gets abducted? He's like, I know she's alive. Like, right. I know it's she's intuition. Alive. They're not. Yeah, they have. They're almost like twins in that sense, where they like can sense one another. And mm. I don't know if that's just because of anything mystical, or if it really just is that they spend like 
every waking second together. So, I mean, if that's the case, then I should be more intuitive about your whereabouts. But, um, yeah, like you should close your eyes and get like a radar on me. Like, yeah. like, like, um, I'm like, uh, Molly from Heroes, yeah, right? Exactly. So I do think that that's kind of the vibe we're supposed to get. Um, I don't know if it's anything mystical or if it's just sort of their connection, but, um, that's why when, so she goes to Mulder's dad's funeral. Yeah. Bill's funeral. Uh, and poor Mrs. Mulder for many reasons, Sucks. like now, <laughs> You know, her husband's dead. This poor lady. Her daughter thought was dead, thought she came back, but that actually wasn't her. Her son is missing. Like she's Presumed dead. She is all alone. But she does, much like Mrs. Scully did back in the, the One Breath mm-hmm. stuff, she feels confident that... Well, no. She Scully, doesn't. Scully yeah. tells Mrs. Mulder that she feels very confident. Yeah, and Mrs. Mulder is, like, shocked because she's, like, under the assumption that he's basically gone and dead also yeah. mrs Mulder just takes one single rose off the coffin and it made me very sad is that like a finder's fee no i think it's like a remembrance and it made me <laughs> yeah. sad even um, though she she does not have very kind words for him later on to the oh the dad no but like i think it's more for her just feeling like that because they're not together anymore at yeah. this point I think that it's just more her just being really emotional about the whole situation. Right. Uh, and it's, um, it probably was a big shock as well, even if you hate the guy, to have him, like, gunned down in your own house is yes, definitely for sure. something. For sure. But Scully is going to have another really interesting conversation <laughs> with one of the syndicate Which is members. like, bing, bing, bang, people coming at you. All right. So, Angela, I looked this up. This guy is referred to as the well-manicured man? <laughs> yeah, they have some weird names for the syndicate people. But... Why? Because he's very put together. But, like, manicure to me implies nails. No, you're dumb. We saw nary a close-up of this man's fingernails. <laughs> manicured does not just mean nails. Really? Yeah, manicured means put together. Look it up. Why don't you call him, like, Go to sh- Wikipedia call right him, like, now. like, a sharp-dressed man or something. Go to it right now. Okay. Look up manicured. Manicured. Manicure. Let's see. No, manicured. Oh, sorry. A, a manicure. Manicured. Yeah. Manicured. Having had a manicure. Uh, of an area of lander vegetation neatly cut or trimmed it's neatly cut or trimmed like it's the manicuring is like put together it's neat it's it's the it's does not just refer to having a manicure when you're manicured but those nails were on fleek they were on fleek but Imagine yeah if you just had like big <laughs> no no you've never heard somebody say like oh he's neat is manicured nope Okay, well, you don't read a lot, so that's fine. <laughs> very clue. I, I listen. I don't read. You don't read Regency area novels like I do, I Should guess. they call him, like, uh, Dapper Dan? Yeah, instead? Dapper Dan is better. All right, I think, I we're, I think should we call him that from now on? Yeah, he'll, I mean, he's not in a ton, but yeah, he's around. So. I mean, he seems really important right now. That's a, that's he is important. Like, he's important. Out of nowhere is like, okay, I guess this is one man I could dis- distinguish from the rest so, of these other guys. Yeah, so, and as you can tell, the syndicate has a has a agenda, but there are always people that have their own agenda. Right, exactly. It's almost I like circles think, operating within a larger And circle. I'm sure somebody tell me if I'm wrong, but I do think Deep Throat was part of the syndicate, too, and that's how he, like, is... Yeah, came, I mean, he's, yeah. He, he's hanging out with them in their HQ, their bro yes, hangouts I think in he was City. part of the syndicate. Um, but yeah, so he... <laughs> he, um, he comes to scully and is like hey um i just want to warn you that you're in deep shit yeah (laughs) and not and not deep throat basically he says like uh hey i'm part of this group of international interests they want to kill you i don't like that decision so i'm just gonna tip you off that someone you trust is gonna betray you no so he says that they're gonna come after you in one of two ways the first way will be that they will kill you in your own home the second way will be that somebody will come at you 
who knows you and you're close with. Mm, it's a prophecy. Yeah. So he says, there's one of two ways that they're going to kill you. And she's like, okay, why would you be telling me this? Like, and he's like, well, if we kill you, it's going to bring attention to us. And that's yeah. what we don't want. And that's what the cigarette man's smoky man has been doing. Exactly. He says, we predict the future. And the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Uh, so maybe these guys are like precogs without even knowing it. Perhaps. So we go back to the Mulder, the empty Mulder household. There is a fun shot of like little doobie Mulder senior mm-hmm. photo. Yeah. I'm assuming that was the same kid from the Samantha of flashback. Of course it was. Um, but basically, you know, as Mulder is sort of ruminating, because he has to, uh, he basically has has returned to his mother's side yeah. for, for a hot second. Uh, Scully talks on the phone with Melissa and is like, I just found out a lot of crazy crap. She's like, yeah, I just found out some stuff that's making me really uncomfy. I'm going to come over because basically she doesn't want to be alone. Right. Well, no, she asked Melissa to come over. Oh, yeah. Initially. She asked Melissa to come and over to her house. And then she gets another call, picks up, finds a dial tone. Unfortunately, I guess this exists before Star 69 because you would just Star 69 that shit and just yeah. like figure out who called so you. So she immediately calls back Melissa, but Melissa doesn't answer. So she leaves her message saying, I am actually going to come to your house. Yeah. I'll try to meet you on the way there. But as she leaves her place, she gets intercepted by Skinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Skinner pulls up in front of her apartment and is just like, just get in the car, Scully. Just get in the car. We have to have a conversation. And exactly. So they go to Mulder's apartment, which I yeah, found weird. They go to Mulder's apartment. Though. They go to a secondary location. A neutral, Never go a, to the second location. A neutral place, I guess. But Melissa, it's very like Shakespearean, right? Yes. She doesn't receive the message. She doesn't get it. And as a result, she shows up. Crycheck and the other dude think that she's Scully and shoot and kill her. Yeah, but so the the issue here is that yeah, there's a, a very comedy of errors, but bad here. <laughs> a tragedy of errors. A tragedy of errors where she was told she's going to get killed in one of two ways. So Scully, like, basically is like, okay, I thought I think somebody's coming to my house to kill me because of the yeah. the hung up phone. So I'm going to go to Melissa's house. But then Skinner pulls up and then she goes, oh, maybe it's Skinner. Right, because he's the one that's going to betray me. Yeah, but then we find out, no, it was actually the first way and they came to shoot you. So Skinner's not going to betray you, but you still think he's going to betray you. So, And we see that in the last scene when now we have sort of double hit cliffhangers here where Krychek kills Melissa. Yeah. And then at Mulder's apartment, Skinner reveals that he has the tape and then things ratchet up to 11 immediately as Scully sees someone outside Pulls a gun on Skinner. He pulls a gun on her. We're in a standoff. Yeah, rough. It's intense. Yeah, honestly, it's a really great ending. And I guess, like, that's why they couldn't, like, they needed to do a to be continued because it was just so much. Yeah, there was so much revealed there. I should also mention the episode ends in memoriam Larry Wells. Apparently, Larry Wells was a costume designer on the show. And unfortunately, not the the last tribute we'll see in these three episodes. No, yeah, which I found a little wild. But Um, um, so, so, spook of the week for this one. What are you thinking? Spook of the week for this one. I do not know. There's a lot of options. We could do with Dapper Dan. Dapper Dan's a good one. Oh, yeah. He's really spooky. But actually, I'm going to give it to the other guy in the syndicate, the one that's always sitting down, the like chubbier of the guys. Mm-hmm. I hate the way he talks. It's so spooky. He's spooky talk man? Yeah, spooky talk man. Yeah, I think we had a question of like, uh, come up with nicknames for the rest of this. And I think we'll have to, we can do that later on when we're not doing a, a Yeah, plus you do podcast. get to know some of them more of them. Oh, okay, I was wondering go, that. As it goes on. Uh, mine would probably be, I was thinking either Dapper Dan, or maybe I was thinking like all of the spirits in Mulder's little walkabout quest, the, the Jabberwockies, like the masked people. Yeah, they are spooky. They are pretty spooky. So I'm going to go with that. Let's move into Paperclip here. Paperclip. 
So we get our opening Albert narration this time is about the story of the Gila yeah, monster. This one I reminded me so much of in Dodcom where they're like at the end when she's talking about the the, the, wolf the Nordic the tale. Our dog like, yeah, eats the sun. Our dog eats the sun. And I felt like this was just very much so in line with that. And it does. I think that the X-Files does this a lot. It's just like me remembering that they do it a lot where there's a lot of voiceover like, let me tell a little story and that story is going to be a mirror for the story you're going to see. And it's all very like um, existential. Yeah, it is interesting, though, because we kind of get two for one because we get like the story of the Gila monster, how essentially like a man was taken apart and then put back together with all these natural elements, uh, you know, talking God, pollen boy, which I think these are all stories. And in- I, but I think we're also probably made up of pollen boy considering how bad our allergies are, especially this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but he also goes into the story of, as we mentioned before, the the white buffalo woman, basically. Yes. We're like, uh, uh, you know, this this mythical figure came down, taught the indigenous peoples how to lead virtuous lives, mm-hmm. and then came back. And there was this omen that a white buffalo was born on the day that Mulder was essentially resurrected. And it was an omen that great changes were coming. That great changes were coming. Also, that baby cow was so cute. I know, it was so cute. It's going to be sad later on when they say that the it's mommy, mommy buffalo dies. dies. I don't like when animals die. I mean, die. to be fair, that's going to make the white buffalo like a Disney protagonist. Hot so. take. I don't like when animals die. Oh, that's blazing hot. <laughs> as hot as that Vancouver gulch. Yeah, that Van gulch. Yeah. <laughs> what, a weird, a gulch. what a weird word. Nobody uses that. Nobody uses the word gulch? Not that I know. All right. Well, I'm bringing it back. Okay. Anyway. one gulch is the new hotness. Uh, <sighs> so it turns out that the person who was behind the door at the end of the standoff at the end of last episode Mulder! Was Mulder and he joins the standoff. Also, like, casual Mulder is my favorite Mulder. He always wears, like, kind of, like, Ked, like, Ken mm-hmm. like Converse sneakers, which actually are, I don't think they even are that, but they look like that. Yeah. So those round toe sneakers and like jeans, and he and he always has like a button down shirt. Yeah. It's like very casually rolled up at the sleeves. Like, right. That's that's I know that's the look you wore in a little green man. Right. Love he was, it. Like going undercover in the jungle, but basically with guns pointed at each other, they all bring them down at once. And this is when Skinner reveals like, no, no, no. Despite the way things came across last episode. I'm on your side. Yeah, like, I'm here for you guys. I want to use this tape to bring the syndicate down. This is the moment when I was most feeling, I'm with you guys. Like, I want to be part of the group. Like, here's how I can help you. Yeah. Like, I want to use this to, like, be your friend, basically. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I can do your book report for you if you want. Oh, exactly. I'll do your homework. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm not even in the same grade as you guys, but I I think I I know social studies. Let me play with you. Meanwhile, Mrs. Scully goes to the hospital, and this is tragic. Yeah, this is Because she is under the assumption that her daughter, Dana Scully, Mm -hmm. is the one who... Because they probably just called her and said, hey, your daughter's in the hospital. You need to come here now. And so she says, okay, what's going on with Dana? And said, oh, no, no, actually, uh, Melissa Scully was brought in and basically she's near death yeah she's in a they've induced coma because she has swelling in the brain because she was shot in the head oh do you think that um that scully's dad just like didn't like melissa as much and that's why he didn't No. <laughs> but here's the thing i didn't even remember that melissa made it this far like, yeah i was a little surprised when they did she this whole thing. when she gets shot in the apartment that's like all i remembered and then i remembered the stuff with albert and the whole healing ritual and all mm. that and i do remember that but um, it took a while for it to come back to me because I was kind of like, oh, she's dead. Bye. No, it's, it's weird in that she obviously makes an appearance last episode, 
But I kind of feel like in this episode, she's more of a set piece. Mm-hmm. Like, people, they use the excuse oh, yeah, to she's visit not her in as it. more of a, okay, now people, things are going to happen. She's people. not a character that we have a POV on. No. Like, at all. Ever. Yeah, there's no CGI of the forest fading into the hospital room or anything. Even as our other characters, like, we kind of get a POV on Skinner at points. Like, yeah. we get a lot of things, but we never get a POV on Melissa. Like, I just don't think she's, they were that interested in developing her. Let's go to the lone gunman here as we get a bit of exposition into the title of our episode, Operation Paperclip. And Angela, this is yet another, you know, dose of the truth of Mm -hmm. real life history making its way into the X-Files. Yeah. So I think when we were watching this, I was like, I recall that this is real, but like, let's look it up before we record because... I mean, obviously, they're taking it and they're running with it in a way that, like, obviously was not real with aliens and all that. But but indeed, it was true that yes. after World War II, the yeah. government provided essentially asylum to some yeah. Nazi scientists. We sure did. Basically, in exchange for, like, helping us. And the what they say is indeed true, that their we got contributions the helped yeah, with the V-2 rockets and mm-hmm. basically helped us win the space race. Yeah, and that's great. But also, they were Nazis. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, to that point, Spencer, Spencer brings up here saying, you know, that he has some grumblings about this episode, about how this maybe denigrates the view of this scientific community, saying Nazis are universally reviled in the mainstream, but to tie these roots to a person of science was a bridge too far for some. Meticulous viewers since the beginning have been watching a steady stream of scientific people conducting nefarious activities under duress or under their own volition as part of the alien government storyline. And this was not great representation of science professionals, because Scully, as a person of science herself, is treated like the exception rather than the norm. Yeah. As a person of science myself, I also find the unfair representation of science and scientists on X-Files as problematic for undermining the confidence and trust of the general public, which is a, a good point. You know, yeah. Obviously, I think there's a lot of anti-science rhetoric out there for not necessarily reasons like this, but it, it, it's not great if one of your running themes is like, scientists can be evil, you know? Yeah, and I think also this is something that perhaps we're not as tuned into because we were not full-grown adults at this time. But I do think there was a sense of the science community, the government, all of that being untrustworthy, especially as pharmaceuticals became a huge boom, Mm -hmm. economy boom. And I think that that all happened around the 80s and 90s. You know, like, I don't think that prior to that, you know, I do think there was trust in the government and then there wasn't and then there was trust in science and then there wasn't. Yeah, and, and so then- now we're getting back to a point where we we still have a distrust in the relationship between our government and science. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's more what I take from it is that it's just time period specific in a sense. Yeah. And also, I mean, there's the trope of like the mad scientists, right? Yes, that there are people yes. who use the prospects of science Plus, for it's evil the, deeds. It's the X-Files. Yeah. Like the whole point is science over the paranormal. What's real? What's not real? How do you prove it? How do you not prove it? So I do think sometimes they lean a little bit too far into that. And I can understand if I was in a scientific career, yeah, I'd be yeah, a little if I, offended. If I was in the field of science and it's like, oh yeah, here's the umpteen storyline of scientists being literal Nazis. You're like, yeah. okay, this is a little too far. I will say though that this stuff is true and that makes it a little bit easier to swallow that it's like a, a, a fact of, of life that this was something that happened. But I mean, it's like, I don't love that they're using this as a way to like prove, like, I don't love that they tied this into the alien stuff because mm-hmm. I think that it 
wasn't great what the U.S. did in giving asylum to scientists yeah. in World War II. And Victor Klemper in this is based on somebody who really did those yeah, things. Yeah, so he's based on Dr. Hubertus Strughold, which is actually, I believe, what the mining facility that they'll go to is named after. But yeah, this was a guy who actually was, he was a, a German scientist, yes. brought over who- after World War II, and he was uh, basically accused of like conducting... Not obviously with extraterrestrials, but like, like genetic should, experiments. We should never, ever have given asylum or like use these scientists who like these are people who are morally corrupt. So like and he was like, oh, it's for the greater good. He even says and like the look of disgust on Molly and Scalder's face, I guess, makes up for oh, it a little Moldy bit. Came back. Moldy and Scalder. Um, I guess the look of disgust on their faces helps me a little yeah, bit when because he's, when he's putting forward this rhetoric of like progress demands sacrifice. Yeah, they look like absolutely disgusted. So I do appreciate the value that they put on the fact that like they don't they're not saying it was good, right. but they're using it, which puts it into the popular like zeitgeist. And right. I don't love that. But so meanwhile, like you said, the cigarette smoking man, he is a frog being boiled slowly. Where basically he's trying to keep up these lies yeah. to the syndicate of he's Mulder, making a big old mess. Mulder's definitely dead. I definitely have the tape. Everything is hunky dory. Don't you worry yeah. your pretty little heads. Like, I think that he just thinks that he can continue just to do it, cover things up, and it'll be fine. Exactly. And, like, he'll handle the rest. and He'll, so he'll figure it out eventually. Nobody will be the wiser. Yeah, that's not the case, though. The more lies you tell, the more comes untruthed. Yeah. So, we mentioned before, Mulder and Scully, they visit Klemper, where basically Klemper tips them off. Hey, because... The bas- botanist. Well, because basically Mulder shows the lone gunman the photo that he has of Bill and yes. a bunch of these guys. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, I recognize that guy. That's Klemper. And Klemper says, oh, yeah, that photo was taken at a West Virginia mining company. But it turns out that he's playing a bit of both sides because as soon as they leave, he calls Dapper Dan and says, hey, just so you know, these two visited me. And so that's going to lead to a bit of a a face down here as we get to the mining facility and everything goes haywire. We also find out at that point that he has taken his retirement to genetically engineer orchids. Yeah. Listen, I guess... Take it out on the flowers, I suppose, more yeah, the better I, than humans, yes. if you have to. Yikes. <laughs> uh, so they go to the mining facility, and there is a lot more underneath than you may seem. I did like, uh, you know, the little math nerd in me likes the fact that Scully uses Napier's constant, which is also known as E, uh, to unlock it as sort of like the code to put in there. Yeah, for sure. But underneath the the main floor of the mine are rows and rows and rows and rows of filing cabinets. Almost like that scene in uh, Bruce Almighty when he opens the filing cabinet and like <laughs> LOL. it all comes out. Because apparently, it seems like they have been keeping people on file that contain medical records and a tissue sample. And, you know, obviously two big things to come out of this. A, Scully's file is in there with a recent tissue yes. sample. And B, like you said, Mulder finds Samantha's file. But, oh, wait, there's a little sticky... Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of uh, adhesive underneath it, and it turns out that actually this was originally Fox Mulder's file. Yeah, and so I think also something to note here is that the files from the 50s, I think, have... Like, I'm not sure if all of the files, they're obviously all not all from alien abductees because they were able to start taking tissue samples during smallpox vaccinations. Right. Because that's the tissue. That's who they were specifically surveying. That's who they were surveying. But then it developed into continued experimentation on humans through abductions 
is what you're, I think, supposed to understand at this point. Like Scully, Samantha, like the rest of the files after a certain point are not tissue samples from vaccinations. They're tissue samples from people they took. (laughs) I should also mention that during this time, cigarette smoking man who is is going to, is going to like confront Skinner. He is so frazzled at this moment and Skinner is just like cool as a cucumber realizing that he's like playing the game. Yeah. We're not going to get to his big moment until later on, but this is still like him, you know, being able to have the upper hand for once. Well, and I think he's sort of checking in with the cigarette smoking man at this point to, um, see what, like if anything is developed or changed, you know, to kind of keep an eye on things, see if he has time to get things done. So in the mine, the lights go out. <laughs> they do. Mulder. Immediate- this is when Mike lost I his marbles. Lost my mind at this for two reasons. <laughs> so Mulder runs out. Yes. The Mulder side of things is that he runs out, sees a bright light, walks outside. It's a GD spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is. We have seen so many hints towards things, you know, a, a yeah. silhouette in a frame, like some bright lights from overhead. Yeah. This is a GD spaceship the size of a city hovering overhead that it's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous yeah it's a little it's a little cuckoo and then meanwhile here's scully in the mine here's some little pitter patter and all of a sudden you really didn't like this stampede of aliens come running past her (laughs) what I'm just living for your reaction. To it was things. utterly baffling because, again, they've done, they've really teased us out, right, with this slow. Yeah. Road. And I don't even think this is like, I don't even think there is clarity that this happens. Well, because, like, even with Dwayne Barry, right, they had those, yes. those little so, aliens. But those there. were like, is that Dwayne seeing exactly. them or is that These us are seeing them? These explicitly eight and nine year olds in alien costumes running past Scully as if she was in yeah. like a, the terminal at an airport. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I don't have much to tell you about this <laughs> other than. It's uh, goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Small beings run past Scully. <laughs> I mean, this is like this, like she cannot deny anything anymore for the rest of her life. because No, she's, she's like, going to be like, I don't know what I saw. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Utterly baffling to me. Like before But that's the thing with the X Files. We see it. They don't always see it. So like what do they see? Do they know what they see? Like nobody knows. But so. like I just it's so weird to me that you know, the cigarette smoking man is is you know, or, or whoever's gonna yeah. confront Mulder and Scully later on and, Sc- and Scully's like, Mulder, he's lying. This isn't true. It's like Scully you just ran into an entire extended well, family of aliens. Yes, but I think that she's worried that Mulder is falling into the trap of like um, what they're telling him isn't exactly true. Like could be partially true, could be part of the truth. But like she's like, this can't be true because we didn't have genetics at that time. I just, oh. which I thought was wild too when she said that. I'm like, yeah, but you saw all those files and you saw a big old group. A group of aliens that could form like a church community play run past you. <laughs> little tiny little guys. They brushed past your shoulder saying, excuse me, pardon me, hot soup coming through. So I guess, so my thought, my I was always under the impression that this was like happened, but was it in her, like what, I never knew and I still don't to this day whether that all of this happened. <laughs> and I think it's like, my question was always, are they keeping them down there? Yeah. Like, I guess they're still doing experiments, and those, assume, those guys that. just scapied? Yeah, they're just like, oh, the lights are off? Great. Jailbreak, fellas. Yeah, like, skipper scamper. And then if that's the case, like, are they now out in the world? 
No. Can they get jobs? No, they can't get jobs, unfortunately. Uh, what if they stand on top of each other's shoulders? Maybe. Maybe then. Excuse Pull me, sir. I'd like, I'd like to work at this establishment. Any- I'm definitely not. Let's move aliens. on. Let's move on. <laughs> so Mulder and Scully are able to escape despite all the freakiness that happened yes. uh, as a bunch of, you know, eventually the because Klemper tipped off the, the syndicate, a yeah. bunch of guys are sent and start shooting. The next day... They meet in Sk- with Skinner in a very brightly lit cafe. Yes, they do. In a very like harsh light off the side of the road. And Skinner even says, this isn't even on the map. So basically, Skinner's pointing out, okay, here's the thing. I think or, you know, we could make a deal for the tape to basically get this syndicate off of your asses. And get your jobs back. Yeah, because basically, like, no matter what now, you are being continually chased by these people for the information that you have. Yeah, and they even talk about, like, okay, how can we do both? And they talk about how the... Because this was something that always bothered me about this episode, watching it being like, why didn't they just make a fucking copy, (laughs) a beeping copy of that tape right and or print it out for god's sakes but i guess it has a block on it you Mm -hmm. can't print it yeah which is interesting again i guess that was a 90s thing yeah no technology for us is just like screenshot that shit i mean you put it in the the tape machine and then dennis nedry pops up and goes ah ah, ah, you didn't say the magic word yeah exactly exactly that so um so yeah so this is the only copy the only bargaining chip that they have Mulder is insistent no i want justice i want the truth scully's like i'm done running let's just and then he goes he goes you know what scully you make the call and he walks outside so skinner i I, it looks it seems like off screen scully told skinner go like drop by my sister because i can't and see what's going on yeah bad decision ultimately because as skinner drops in to visit uh, he's going to get jumped by Crycheck and mugged of the tape. Yeah. So, but he also, I mean, he goes there. He realizes they're being they're being watched in, yeah. the, in the room. He is going to meet Albert, he which is going to be the big, you know. Turn I love the way on. he talks to people. He's so weird, Skinner. Like he's like, and who are you? Okay, Albert, I'm going to need you to stay in this room, Albert. And then he leaves. <laughs> it's like very weird. <laughs> yeah, because well, he he observes like this on suited guy like pacing around the room. Back, he's and like forth. Albert, you stay in this room. Do you understand? Like yeah. he always asks so people. I'm going to follow this guy. It seems like there's always just these these uh battles happening Goons. in the hospital. Yeah, but they so- didn't save it for the laundry room. This time's in the stairwell. So Krychek has the tape, but Krychek's also wise enough to know. That, like, anyone who will hold on to the tape is in danger. Yeah. So, basically, like, he's is he in the car with his assassin buddies. He gets left while they go get a snack. But he and, sees the clock blinking. And he realizes, oh, the car's off. Something's happening. And he gets out just in time before they pull a godfather and blow up the mm-hmm. car. Yeah. So, they were going to... They were going to kill him. Yeah. Cigarette smoking man did not care. He wanted, again, no loose ends. He wanted mm-hmm. to be like, all right, now that, you know. So Krychek at this point is like, F you, I'm out of here. Yeah. So now Krychek has escaped and he has the tape. He has the tape. Yes. So I'm assuming we'll see him again. Uh, unfortunately, will the tape be involved, though? I don't remember. OK, so, so because I can imagine the tape is still. I hate Krychek. <laughs> though, I, I guess I just find him like as a character as a plot device like very obnoxious but yeah so i guess you know maybe it's it's that the mutually assured destruction that happens at the end of this episode means that the tape isn't necessarily needed yes exactly like i don't know how important it is moving forward but it's because it's out there it's we know what's on it but they can't share it so and also 
Yeah, what Skinner does is we won't talk about it if you don't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and what Skinner does is he essentially does make copies. Yeah. Just through the form of people. Right, but he's basically saying, like, I will release this if you don't follow through with your end of the bargain. And he blackmails him. Yeah. So we talked about this before, but, you know, Dapper Dan sort of gives the exposition about what exactly was happening with the human-alien right. hybrids. They also talk about how they were cataloging people for the for post-apocalyptic identification. Yeah, which is interesting. Because they're the thing with the syndicate is that they are anticipating colonization. Mm-hmm. So post-apocalyptic identification is like what's going to happen after the aliens come? How are we going to how are we going to identify people? So they're like putting all these plans into place basically anticipating the end of the world. Exactly. Uh, and knowing that it's coming. It's the end of the world as they know it, and they feel fine because they've got a bunch of people's DNA on file. Yes, exactly. So, you know, at this point, like we said, Scully is still in disbelief that that was happening, and we talked about this before, that Dapper Dan reveals that, well, the reason why Samantha was taken was basically as punishment for Bill saying, yeah. I'm done with this, I want to expose this project. Yeah, exactly, to keep him hush-hush or they'll take his other kid. Uh, meanwhile, Cigarette Smoking Man gets a call from Crycheck, who basically says, F you. Yeah. And Cigarette Smoking Man does a terrible job. This is probably his worst episode to date that I've yeah, watched. Yeah, he's just he being does like, not, oh, I'm so happy He does not alive. have it together. He is really just not in, he's, his status has fallen so far. Like, yeah. He does not no, have control. he's so much sloppier than he has ever been made out to be. Because he's not in control at yeah. all. And I do think it's interesting. Spencer sort of brings up just the idea of the syndicate and how... You know, like the cigarette, they escape again. He sort of compares uh, their dynamic to the Smoky Man is basically like Wiley Coyote and yeah. Mulder and Scully are the roadrunners. And that like because they, they Chris Carter wanted to set him up as the series antagonist, they keep putting him up yeah. there, but they always escape. And yeah. I'll admit right now, yeah, I, I could see it start to get a little tiresome. It's a little long in the tooth. Yeah, exactly. But at this point, Cigarette Smoky Man tries to save face. He says, oh, you never guess. Who I was on the phone with. Uh, yeah, it turns out this car explosion just happened to kill Scully's assassin, and the tape's gone, too. So, uh, win-win. Who wants to go bowling? Yeah, exactly. But that's not what happened. <laughs> so, Mulder makes another visit to his mom, uh, right? Two in the morning. Oh, God, wakes this is harsh. The dead of night. It's, a, it's a tough scene where basically he's like, I need to know right now. Did dad ever ask you to make a choice between us? And, and she's like, don't ask me. I don't want to say. Yeah, well, first she's in denial. Then she's then she's just outright like, no, please don't make me say this. And then she finally reveals, no, it was his call. And I hated him for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Very fair. Very fair. I mean, it's it's obviously never something you want your significant other to approach you with. And no. I, now it's also become abundantly clear, I think, how she felt about the stuff that he was doing. Yeah, not good. And I, I think she was probably in the dark for a long time and then became not in the dark and was like, oh, God, gotta go. So C- Cigarette Smoky Man confronts Skinner once more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he brings in like this big thing about like, yeah, you ever wondered what it would be like to die in a plane crash and botulism? Yeah, he's trying to like threaten him. Like, because he said, I know you don't have the tape. You have nothing on me. And this is when a Skinner brings in Albert and basically says, like, I basically made like 20 backups uh, in the Navajo tribes across four yeah, so states. So if you kill this guy, you're going to have to kill all the Navajo across four states. And he says, pucker up and kiss my ass. Love it. Which is incredible. 
Yeah, Skinner will continue to grow on you. He's a great character. I know Mitch Pileggi uh, said that this was one of his favorite lines ever. And apparently, I guess at conventions, like this was his Skinner line that people would greet him with. Yeah. Almost like his, like, my name is Inigo Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare <laughs> to die. Pucker up and kiss my ass. And the way he delivers it, too, yeah, is so much great. fun. Uh, I also believe that in the beginning of season three, this is the first time that, like, he's not given just a guest star credit. No, he's given, he's like, given an also full... starring. Obviously, yes. like you said, from the beginning, he's not going to be in the main credits. Nobody is. Right. So, but. <laughs> So it's, he's going to have he serves as much of a secondary role on the show. For sure. Uh, as well as, you know, not being able to be part of the main. Two. Yeah, he's a main character for sure. So uh, Melissa dead. She died. And so this is a really. But to be fair, she was dead by the end of that other episode to me. <laughs> it's a really interesting final scene, though, basically, where yeah. Scully is now really regretful of like, I wasn't here. I tried apologizing to her, but I feel like she'll never know. And Mulder starts talking about this idea of fate. And again, he repeats how the whole colony arc ended again with, you know what? I, I think I'm going to keep exploring the X-Files because yeah. the truth <laughs> will be I was like, not there. the first time we heard this. <laughs> but I do think that there is something really reverberating in the end of this because these are two characters who over the course of three episodes have lost someone extremely close to them. Yeah. And there is something about like the two of them coming together, having lost yeah, so within much, their grief. Yet still having the will to, like, take another step forward. Yeah, together. Yeah, so it's, it's a, I mean, it's a huge three episodes and for I a do, big number I always, of reasons. I always like when they film them from behind, because I feel like you get a sense of, like, their connection that isn't, like, you see it in their body language. So I always like that when they, like, end things, like, sort of filming them from behind. We should also mention another in memoriam at the end of this. This one's, this one's dedicated to Mario Mark Kennedy, who is actually an internet fan. Uh, mm. the show he was an x-file with a ph he had died in a car accident in 1995 and sort of going back to the manifest from the season one finale it just shows uh i am i'm so surprised happily surprised just to see how much the show loved it's like small but dedicated fan base yeah it's very that cult fit focused yeah but i mean not every show would memorialize one of its super fans at the end of an no, episode definitely not and i do think that they definitely care about their fan base or did uh do these three episodes were incredible. Yeah, these are great. And I think it's something that I forget. Um, because when you're watching it in like a binge, it's all sort of blends together. And mm -hmm. that's the way I've watched it the past few years. So I think for me, it's nice to have these sort of like, let's think about it from how you would watch it in syndicate or like on TV as a television program. Like, I mean, so many things happen here, right? Yes. We get the reveal of the syndicate. We find yeah. out how Mulder's dad is involved. Mulder's dad dies. Scully's sister dies. Yes. And all of this stuff I remembered, but it's like, I forget that it all happens in this three episodes is wild. I mean, it's absolutely game changing. I know that I feel like we keep coming back and saying that, but like this does feel, I can imagine this was a big shift for well the show. and for me seasons three and four are just like chock full of episodes so yeah. i mean you guys have noticed we've done a few more episodes than we thought we were going to do in season three and we'll do the same in season four probably because there's just so many episodes and even so it basically is like three four five and six are just like that's like the the golden era the golden era and i just feel like there's so many episodes that like i want to talk about with you and then i also want you to watch so it's you know, bear with us, but yeah, but get on board before we get on board. Uh, spook of the week for paperclip. Oh, I do not know. I hate when you ask me. I know. Well, I, that's you. This is the third time I've asked it at this point in the course um, of the past hour and a half. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, I'm gonna go with Clemper. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Pretty obvious one. The Nazi scientist that was genetically engineering people. Yeah, that's not good. And he was also pretty spooky as well. He was spooky. Yeah. So Klemper gets it. Uh, So next week. We've, we've been doing a lot of big stuff most recently over the podcast three Let's episodes. Let's take a break. Yeah, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're only doing one episode next week, but what an episode it is. We're moving on to season three, episode four, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. Angela, obviously, I do not know a lot about the X-Files, but what I do know is that this is a very well-known one. People love the shit out of this episode, and I think you're going to love it, too. It's So it is has a great guest star Mm -hmm. and it also is a perfect example of like just a really high quality monster of the week episode. And I think you're going to die. Is it like, uh, hopefully I don't die. Is it like, is it comedic? Is it strange? It's a little bit of both. It's like, it's slightly comedic. It's very dark. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. Um, and it's also a little poignant. Like it has some like, um, you know, similar to other episodes where like Scully or Mulder have some kind of like realization about themselves. So yeah. So we're, we're, gonna it's get, all in there. We're going to get back to doubling up, uh, the week after that. But I figured with such a big week, we want to sort of like take a nice little, uh, like spoonful of sorbet. And I think mm-hmm. that this, also separating this episode out, considering how significant it is, I feel like makes sense. Yeah. For sure. I think we'll have a lot to talk about. Plus, it'll be, a, you know, a nice short and sweet one for our listeners to yeah. watch. So you can check that out. And I promise it's only season three, episode four. This yeah. There's. Time. <laughs> Thank, thank you to everyone, by the way, who's very politely and courteously like sent us clarifications about things, including episodes. We that just we may forget. Yeah, we're, we but, have, we're busy. But we we're, have lives. We're, we're very grateful for it. We uh, are. <laughs> so if you have any thoughts about Clyde Bruckman's final repose, as well as the arc that we just talked about, you can always reach out to us. Uh, Bloom files at postshowrecaps.com or X files at postshowrecaps.com. We finally settled down on a day of the week that we're usually recording these. We usually record these on Fridays. Friday. So that means you basically have until that day to watch the episode and get us your thoughts. A special thanks to people like Spencer and Fitzy, as well as countless others like Rebecca and John Krause and Matt and Charlie, who have sent in their thoughts so far. And, and thank you to everyone for listening as well. I know that, you know, there there was some... Uh, there's, there's some some pretty heavy stuff to talk about in this episode uh, between, you know, the the representation of indigenous people, the science community. Uh, so, you know, I, I hope we did a good job of, of covering these these very tough subjects. Uh, and we really thank you all for listening along the ride. We're two seasons through, but we have talked through so much X-Files and I am literally loving every second of it. Woohoo! Woohoo, exactly. You can also follow us on social media, especially Twitter. Angela is at Ange Pelagi. I'm at a Mike Bloom type. We also have, of course, at Post Show Recaps in general. Subscribe to the Bloom Files only feed and Post Show Recaps at large as well. And if you would be so kind as to leave us a rating and review on the Bloom Files feed, that would be fantastic because that thing is brand spanking new and we would love for it to sort of pop up uh, above the radar uh, and, you know, come to fruition much like the MJ Files did so we're gonna be back next week covering season three episode four clyde bruckman's final repose thank you so much to Corey b for his fantastic theme song which you heard at the beginning and will hear very shortly at the end of this podcast but we'll talk to you all next week until then case closed Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.